Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Good Monday afternoon and welcome in to Grant and Danny. It's January 22nd, 2024. We're taking you all the way up to 6.30 on the fan. And we got a great show planned for you today, including catching up with former head coach here in D.C., Jay Gruden at 5. We'll break down all the games from the weekend. And Ted Wynn, who studies the film for The Athletic, we will preview, take our first look at Conference Championship Sunday and the two matchups for the Final Four in the NFL. What's up, Danny? Not much, my friend. Three of the four really delivered. The fourth game was the first game. That Ravens-Texans game was close for a while before Baltimore pulled away. But this is, you know, you get rid of the pretenders in that wild card round, the teams that don't belong, the teams that limped in, the teams on their seventh backup quarterback or whatever, and you get the excellence, the highest level the sport has to offer, riveting television. Yeah, very, very good. There's a lot to get into on the football front today. I guess let's just start with some news and notes before we break down the games from the weekend. Uh, You guys have heard by now the Commanders are bringing Dan Quinn in for a second interview. This one is in person. Uh, He's also going to be meeting with the Titans on Wednesday and the Seahawks on Thursday. A lot's being made about all the news on the coaching front for Washington. I understand it's all big, major developments, but this is the process. we're, We're making it out as if, uh, they should be hiring someone today. That's not how this works. You know, Shane Steichen last year coached in and won the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and he was hired by the Colts after the Super Bowl. Like that is the timeline potentially for hiring a head coach. There are rules on when you can talk to people. If the Commanders really like Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, who shoved it on the Texans this weekend, they can't talk to him again until a week from today. They're not allowed to. If they want to talk to Ben Johnson again, whose Lions scored 30-plus and who did a nice job all weekend and all season long helping Jared Goff continue to thrive, they can't talk to him until a week from today. So the process continues. The guys you can talk to right now are Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris and Bobby Slowick, whose Texans were eliminated. And so Quinn is going to get a second interview. Raheem Morris will get a second interview. These will now be in person for Washington. I've always believed, by the way, that 
this there should be a freeze until after the Super Bowl because it does put it, put guys behind the eight ball a little bit, right? We're just it's more complicated. Ben Johnson has to do five different virtual interviews, then still try to coordinate an offense, come up with a game plan. You know, forty eight hours before trying to go to the NFC title game, he figured it out. He did great, and he's awesome. But I, I think it just puts coaches in in a weird spot. It's almost the disadvantage. To a degree, I put it in quotation marks. Slight disadvantage to have your team be really successful. It's a bad system. Yeah, there, I, there's no doubt in my mind. It's got to be fixed. Like to me, it is dumb that you cannot talk to. I'll use McDonald as an example, mm-hmm. so that I don't over talk about Ben Johnson already three minutes into the show. But you can't talk to McDonald until next week after the AFC Championship game. Why? So you're able to talk to him leading up to his playoff game this past week, but not the championship game. Like there's a lack of consistency to it that makes no sense to me. Yeah, so what I would do is try to put everyone on the same level. Now, inevitably, you get that tampering period when the NFL finally was like, it's now a legal tampering period. Ta-da, we fixed it. There's no perfect way to do it, but I would say nobody gets to start any kind of interview business until after the se- after the full gauntlet of the season ends, a.k.a. the Super Bowl. I think, though, that that would just lead to a bad situation where everyone knows who's hiring who before the interviews even Might start. Might be right. Because the teams probably wouldn't wait. Like, you're still going to have your ideas in mind. You're still going to call agents. You're still going to do all your background stuff. And it might even make it harder to be surprised in the interview process where a guy like Mike Tomlin comes in and just blows the Roonies away and steals the Steelers' job away from whoever they were going to hire. But they got to figure something out. I'm not smart enough to have the answer on that, but I I need someone who's been involved in that process to step forward and say, listen, guys, this isn't really working. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Kind of dumb. Antiquated. Let's figure this thing out. And while you're just fixing stuff, there's a whole fumble out of the end zone rule. Oh, I'd love you to get on that one too, guy that's going to make things make sense. Ron Rivera said last week in an interview with ESPN that he wanted to continue to coach. Uh, I had suggested, you you had talked about this, yeah. there might be a team or two that would come forward and offer him a defensive coordinating role or at least an interview. Well, he is going back to Philadelphia where he was once a linebackers coach in the late 90s to interview for their D.C. job, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. He's not been a defensive coordinator since 2010. It goes without saying, you know, this is a massive step backwards. You go from running an entire building, not just as a head coach, but as a de facto GM as well, to possibly in that same division with an arch rival just running the defense. But that speaks to how much he loves ball, how much he wants to continue to be in the game. Uh, He has suggested his favorite thing to do is to coach and to teach and maybe getting to call plays at the end of the season, lit that fire. But it has been 13 seasons since he was a defensive coordinator. The one thing I'll say about this is I've seen a lot of people kind of making fun of how bad Washington's defense was with Rivera calling plays at the end of the year and suggesting because of that that he's not a good D.C. candidate. It was a lost year. It was not a good defense with bad personnel at the end of the season. They weren't going to suddenly start playing good football after they traded away some of their better players. Uh, so I don't necessarily hold that against him at all. But it, it, what a step down that would be. And if nothing else, I guess it speaks to the fact that Rivera is a football guy, man. He wants to be around the league. And, and good for him. So I, I would say this as, as a quick side. That role is actually probably really good for him. Maybe not Philadelphia specifically, but kind of what you had with like a Sean McVay. Like a, if you have a young coach having that elder statesman as one of the senior people on your staff that's also not a threat to take over your gig like nobody's sitting there going oh like you know like, like we had with Bienemy here the instant Ron Rivera folders like they got the coach in waiting nobody's saying that about Ron Rivera there's not one person that's going if if uh you know just again to pick 
Philadelphia. If Sirianni stinks for a few weeks, they got a built-in coach and waiting on the staff. I don't think anybody's thinking that at this point. But you could use some of that veteran leadership, that savvy, that calming presence of a guy that's done it at every level and every phase. I don't think he's particularly good as a defensive coordinator. I think a lot of this league has lapped him at this stage. But, you know, he'll have a chance to find out. But, yeah, you you got to respect the idea that he's – not just going to take a step away. He's willing to uh, to, to take that massive demotion uh, just to be around the game to teach. All right, let's get into the games from the divisional round of the playoffs. We'll start with yesterday and kind of work our way in reverse. Recency effect for people will make it a little easier. Last night, Bills have a chance at a 44-yard field goal to pull even with the Chiefs just under two minutes to play, and Tyler Bass misses a 44-yard kick. That would have tied the game at 27. Kansas City takes back over. Isaiah Pacheco gets two carries, picks up a first down. He ended up with 97 on the game, six and a half a pop for him, scored a touchdown. Pacheco has been a dog. I mean, that guy is awesome. He breaks tackles. He's physical. This is a different-looking Chiefs team this year. It is. They just don't have the wide receiver personnel, even though Marquez Valdez-Scantling made two big catches. He's been a no-show for most of the season. This is the Travis Kelsey, you know, Rasheed Rice show, basically. And those two guys with Patrick Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco are the Chiefs offense. They're much better defensively than they've been over the years, but you wouldn't have known it for most of yesterday. Dude, the Bills just ran the ball down their throat. Josh Allen, 72 rushing yards. James Cook added 61. Johnson added 40. Collectively, 200 rushing yards for the Bills. I just feel so bad for that fan base. Yep. I feel so bad for Josh Allen. A couple of throws missed toward the end of the game. But for the most part, you just can't do much more than he did. He protected the football, didn't throw a pick. His playoff numbers are astounding, and he's 500 in his career in the playoffs. It deserved a shot, uh, either at overtime or maybe just to be even to see if Patrick Mahomes could go win the game. But the bass miss kick loomed large, and... The Bills missed a lot of opportunities. There was a, a dime 60-plus yard throw by Allen. Stevon Diggs has to catch that ball. Diggs drops. He ends up with just three catches on eight targets. He had a fumble and like three drops in the game. And I'm sure he'll be popping off all week about how Josh Allen isn't good enough or whatever. Someone will take to Twitter and say why he was the victim. But, man, oh, man. I mean, the Chiefs, you can't kill this team. You can't drive a stake through them. They are on to the AFC title game. Their first five real drives, one play before the end of the half, kind of you know, notwithstanding, uh, where they, I think it was a sack, and then they just said, okay, we're just going to halftime. But they scored on their first five drives. They look like your older brother's Chiefs. They look like the Chiefs a couple years ago. And even on their sixth drive, after the turnover on downs, they pretty much are goal to go with a chance to get a touchdown. And then, of course, Hardman fumbles out of the end zone. But their offense was really good in this game. Why can't Andy Reid quit Nicole Hardman? I said this yesterday on Twitter. Coaches... I, I, there are certain players that every coach is just obsessed with. I want someone to write a book. Like, every coach has a guy. You name a coach, I'll tell you who his guy was. Well, that's Jay Grin about Ryan Grant today. I, I want to know what the psychology is where you, you just can't stop trying to make fetch happen. And Patrick Mahomes has heat coming out of his fingertips that he could have warmed the crowd with. You, you got a, a ball carrier in Pacheco who can't be stopped. And Andy Reid needs to involve Nicole Hardman, who fumbled twice. He carried the ball twice for, like, negative yards and mm. fumbled two times. Enough with that guy. I was stunned. That, that that moment, I go, the Bills are winning this game. 
As soon as you go from that's points on the board to extend the lead, this is now you've taken a, a, a stranglehold on this game. You go from that to then the Bills having the football. In my mind, I'm going, this is a Buffalo victory. They're finally going to do it. That whole sequence was nuts. Yeah. Because, uh, well, let me think. Chiefs were up three. Bills had the ball and had to punt. They do the weird fake punt to DeMar Hamlin. Did they ever say after the game if that was a called fake punt or if they, on the field, the players, determined doing it because there wasn't enough guys? I didn't see. I'm assuming, and someone tweet me if this is wrong. I thought, because there are only 10 on the field for the Chiefs. They didn't have enough players. And in the box, they were super light. So my thought was maybe you It was like an automatic. Exactly. If they've got less than X number of guys in the box, we got eight to block. We'll outblock them. Let's direct snap it and run around edge. Someone just says a word, and that's what we do. That's what I thought happened. If that was called on the sideline in that spot, my God, that's terrible. But you had the, blo- the, the the fake punt nonsense. Then the Chiefs take over. As you said, they're on the one-yard line after, like, two runs from Pacheco. They're knocking on the door. That's a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter if they score. Then they turn the ball over with the worst, worst rule in sports, fumble into the end zone. Then the Bills get the ball back, and they're marching, and just, like, the snap of a finger. If you're a Bills fan... Two-minute warning, you're going, we did it. Is this going to be a walk-off win, or are we going to just kick and tie it at the end? This is definitely going to overtime. They converted that fourth down on that awesome little play with the different motions to to Shakir. I'm going, this is it? This is the Bills moment of destiny. One of those things, I'm, I'm analytical. I like describing things with numbers. I can't quite describe this element of sports, but you know it when you see it, and we've all experienced it. There are certain championship programs Sometimes it feels like they get breaks, right? They get the bounces. They got the horseshoe. But they're just really hard, as I like to say, to kill. They are shredder punching through the dirt at the end of Ninja Turtles. Like, you can't keep them down. And these Andy Reid Mahomes level chiefs are this. Andy Reid is going to his 11th conference title game in 25 years as a head coach. Think about this. Ron Rivera's mentor, right? Rivera, just for a comp, not to beat him up. That's a guy that people think is a decent coach. He had three winning seasons in 13 years. 13 seasons, three times his team had more wins than losses. Andy Reid in 25 seasons, 11 times has coached in a conference championship game. Five with the Eagles, six with the Chiefs. Gosh. 44% of the seasons in his career. And the Patrick Mahomes numbers continue to stockpile here and are insane. Mahomes has been a starter for six NFL seasons. He will be playing in his sixth AFC championship game. He literally doesn't know what a season's like to not be playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl. You and I are sitting in a market where Washington has not played in that round in 33 seasons. Since before he was born. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's beyond crazy, right? Especially when, you know, teams that are, they, they've had flawed teams like this one that, that have gotten there. That one year where they actually made it to the Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines in the sport. It doesn't matter because you've got that corrector. You've got that equalizer. Those two guys as a tandem, just remarkable. I mean, you you get a lot out of Travis Kelsey in this game. He's hadn't really been himself most of the season. He may have, you know, the aging curve may have finally caught up to him. You wouldn't know. It doesn't matter. Pat Mahomes just doing Mahomesian things. What an unbelievable player. Feels like he's been around for 20 years because he's had an extra whole season, basically, of postseason football. Kelsey, five for 75 and two touchdowns in the game. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about while watching this game, because it went both ways, Dalton Kincaid was a first-round pick, really liked coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Both teams were led in receiving by tight ends in this game. 
Washington's just got to find a tight end weapon. Now, you're watching the Detroit game earlier in the day, and you see what Sam Laporta, their early second-round pick, did. I want one of those early second-round picks for Washington to be a tight end who is a weapon. It's a pretty easy way to quickly improve your offense if you can figure out a way to get a tight end who's a mismatch. But just a heartbreaker of an L for Bills fans and for Josh Allen again, who was helpless as that field goal sailed wide right. What do you say to Tyler Bass in that situation? You know, I wish it wouldn't have been put in that situation. You know, it's, it's, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You know, one play doesn't define a game. It doesn't define a season. I know people are going to be out there saying that. Um, you know, we got to be, be there for him because, again, we, we, we execute a couple plays prior. You know, probably singing a different tune right now. I saw a video of Allen waiting by the tunnel. Bass was one of the last guys to walk off the field. And Allen waited for him and gave him a hug and kind of they went helmet to helmet. He was chirping in his ear hole. You know, basically said, I'm sure picking him up. Just great leadership. Everyone's going to make it about the kick. And it was kind of about the kick. But it was about a lot of other things too. Sure. The kick looked good for about a microsecond. And it looked like the largest gust of wind ever blew that thing to the right. I mean, Josh Allen's correct though. Obviously it comes down to the kick. And if you make it, you're tied. And sort of that's that. But again, whether it's, you know, uh, I think it was was it Sherfield didn't catch that ball down the field. That was a beautiful throw from yeah. from Allen from Stephon Diggs, your supposed superstar wide receiver who has been nothing but great for you know most of his career, especially there in Buffalo. Not coming down with a ball that's probably a touchdown if he catches it. Those are your missed opportunities. If you want to kill that beast, that unkillable thing, you've got to make some of those plays. He's right. I'm gonna count out the Chiefs. I think, and I shouldn't this weekend. I just think Baltimore's better. We'll talk about the Ravens coming up. That defense looks Super Bowl caliber. They just dominated the Texans. And I don't think Houston's nearly as good as Kansas City, but Chiefs going back on the road. It'll be their second ever road playoff game. This was their first. That environment in Buffalo is second to none, but Baltimore is pretty close. And now you're just playing a better team. Yep. And you saw that the Bills did whatever they wanted on the ground. Ravens are a better running team. They're more physical up front. Lamar Jackson's going to get his. They're going to be able to run the football. I'm not sure if the Chiefs run stuff for their 320-pound D-tackle who was out yesterday is going to be able to play or not. Sounds like he might not be. That was a huge loss for them. So I'm not sure on paper. Like, they need Willie Gay, too, that linebacker who got hurt in this game, who was spying Josh Allen. You think you might need to spy the quarterback this week? That would be a massive loss. Yeah, you do. So I'm a little nervous for Kansas City. If I was a Ravens fan, I'd be getting excited for this weekend. Uh, this was Kevin Harlan's call. We had him on the show last week. He's one of our favorites. This was Harlan on the call of the missed kick heard round the NFL. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is Ooh. up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Kevin Harlan, Westwood one on the call. Let's get to game one on Sunday in the doubleheader next. The Detroit Lions at home. One of the loudest environments we've seen in playoff history the last couple weeks. The fans brought it, and so did Detroit's offense. 31 points in a win over the Bucks. We'll work our way through the divisional round on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, 
Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. cold off it sounds like danny is trying to catch up to me i'm only on week three and a half we're coming up on the 26th of this month i'll be at one month of not being healthy this uh friday was bad i did not feel very good i was complaining to my wife she's like you are such a i'm not your wife well you were complaining i was complaining all day i felt terrible uh friday stunk who did you complain to more me or your wife wife short order yeah i was like because i basically i'm like you guys complaining i'm just sort of telling you yeah Heard there's, well, yeah, her, there's the underlying implication that I'd like her to fix it. No, I can't say that. And that's not re- a real expectation, but there's a hope that she does something about it to like help me. She basically just like, leave me alone, go to bed. Uh, so I did. And now I feel fine. It's just that there is a volume of snot in my head and it, it's never ending. I, and I'm like, I'd like to stop. I've taken medication to make it stop. I've blown my nose a thousand times. Stop. It doesn't stop. Let it's us a know what nev- happens with the snot. It's a never ending faucet. I want to get back to the divisional round playoffs and yesterday's first of two, the matinee of the doubleheader. First of all, kudos to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They were a little friskier than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. I thought Baker Mayfield, I knew he threw a really bad pick at the end, two interception game, but I actually thought he gave the Bucks a chance. He did some really good things. That is a hostile, brutal environment. And when they fell behind by 14 at 31-17, and they went on that nine-play, 75-yard drive, about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield was making some big boy throws in the pocket, was moving around. I mean, that that was, I was super impressed. So number one, I wanted to say to Tampa Bay, good on you. You gave us an entertaining football game. I wasn't sure we'd get one in Detroit. Now, 
How about those Lions? The Detroit Lions under Dan Campbell have made the NFC championship game. They did it behind 74 rushing yards from Jameer Gibbs. They took him in the first round. Everyone yelled at them. He had 70-plus rushing and 40-plus receiving yards. He was awesome. They took Laporta in the second round of a draft that everybody crushed and hated. Laporta, 11 targets, 9 catches, 65 yards in this game. They fed their horse, Amon Ross St. Brown, touchdown 8 for 77. Jared Goff did not turn the ball over. That is the key. When he doesn't turn the ball over, they are tough to beat. Two touchdowns, no picks, threw for 287, and it was a 31-point output for Ben Johnson and the Detroit Football Lions. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. It looked good. It did indeed. Early on, a couple possessions here and there where they came out just slinging it. I was a little bit surprised because what they normally do is, you know, uh, what, what, find your weakness, right? Find the spot that you're not handling very well and then exploit that. They get some play action passes, looks, set up different looks. So there were some moments of stall out, but overall, you got to be thrilled with the results there uh, if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Defensively, they did just enough in this game, forcing those two turnovers, I think, were, were instrumental. So good for Aaron Glenn as well. But yeah, I was just thrilled for those fans, man. I have a couple of buddies who, who are Detroit Lions fans that I've known for years and years and years, and it's genuine excitement. It's genuine feelings of of happiness. I usually don't get happy for other people. That's just something you say. I'm genuinely happy for Detroit Lions fans. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Dan Campbell after the game. I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys, and that's where we're at. All you got to do is get in, you know, and it's about placing yourself the very best position to where you can move. You get to, you get a home game, and then maybe you get a second home game, and now all of a sudden it gets a little easier, you know. If you're able to get a one seed, you only got to win two games, right? And so that's, that's always the objective. But ultimately, once you get in, then it's about matchups, and you find a way to win, and you may have to win two to nothing, and it's okay. That is such a Dan Campbell line at the end. Two to nothing is okay. They didn't have to because they were busy hanging 31. So I find it weird that everyone's making each of these matchups and games like referendums for coaching candidates. What I mean by that is like people like McDonald was better than Slowick. He should be ahead of him on your list. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Not to say that he shouldn't be ahead of him on the list. I have him ahead of Slowick on my I list. I do. But not because their team was better that day. And so I don't want to make any kind of Ben Johnson points to say that he should be hired because of this game. I find the entire way people are talking about the coaching cycle through the matchups to be really, really weird. But I've liked Ben Johnson for a couple of years, and the reason why, conceptually, is what you saw in this game. Okay, so follow me here. Number one, they involve their best players. They threw the football 25 times out of the 43 passes. 25 times, Danny, to Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. How many times this year did you and I sit here with Eric Bieniemy going, where in the hell is Terry McLaurin? Why are you not throwing the ball to Jahan Dotson? Why don't you throw the ball to your best players? How about 25 pass attempts out of 43 to St. Brown and to Laporta, who combined for 17 catches? I love that. The amount that they're under center, the way they drop back and have play action involved, the way that they marry the run in the past. That's all what I love the most. Yeah. That's been beautiful, right? It was a big part of their plan again this weekend. The fourth and one call where he set up with and one calls much of the year 
that with their little cross buck action in the backfield, they got Laporta as like a single wing in the backfield behind the left tackle. They go like a play action power run to the left, and Laporta comes across in the backfield to the right, and then they throw him the football out in the flat. Well, they run all that. Goff looks right. He's got Laporta and everyone running with him, and then he comes back and across the formation, leaking out from the right side to the flat in the left is their number two tight end, Brock Wright, who catches a ball a month. He's wide open, 29 yards. Those types of designs are just gorgeous. They put DBs in bad spots constantly. You saw it on that first Reynolds touchdown in the back of the end zone where no one was in 15 feet of him. They had four DBs covering three stacked up receivers. It was another game where you, you see why people are enamored with the design of Ben Johnson. Doesn't mean you should hire him. Doesn't mean he's the best available option. He's the best available option to me because he's the best play designer and the best play caller of the candidates, and that's what you should make your decision on. But it's just hard to argue with some of the numbers. You know, you look at the average receivers open by 2.9 yards. Lions yesterday closer to 3.5 yards. Of all the quarterbacks that played in this divisional round, nobody had an easier designed day than Jared Goff statistically. 67-plus percent of his passes out of his hand were completions. The expected completion percentage at about 68% higher than anybody else. C.J. Strouds against that championship Ravens defense, just as an example, was barely over 50. So for all these reasons, it was just another big day for Ben Johnson's stock to grow. So there there are a couple things that I, I take away, and these are hidden things to me. Um, third and 11 with 2.14 to go. The, the Detroit Lions philosophically, who is Dan Campbell? He's the guy that even after a penalty is still going for two. I think he's a buffoon. But you know what? It's their identity. It's who they are. In other words, third and 11, conventional, you run the football. You do something easy, a little check down. Maybe if you do a little run pass option, something simple to at a minimum get the clock to the two-minute warning or force a timeout from the opponent, whatever you do. That's not who they are. That's not their DNA. They drop back. There is a one-on-one matchup that Ben Johnson has engineered for Amon Rice St. Brown against man coverage. They'll take their chances with that every time. An incomplete pass happens. They're okay with it. They're going to live and die by that sword. So it's part of their identity, part of the genius to come up with something that I'll take my chances with every time. Our best guy against who, whatever number guy it is for you. That play tells me everything. Again, it doesn't work, and it gets lost in the annals of the game, and everyone will focus on the interception that happens a couple of plays later after a punt where we're going, bad clock management. No, 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 that's not who they are. They are that. Whatever that is, it's a swashbuckling, come see me, bro, attitude, and it's gotten them to the NFC title game. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, there are some other things in my opinion, too, but that's definitely in the DNA, no doubt about it. Campbell inherits this awful team that can't win. They go from three wins to nine wins to 12 wins. You can call him a buffoon all you want to. The guy's done a hell of a job. He's been one of the most successful coaches in the league the last couple years. And there's a lot of teams that would like to replicate what he's got cooking right now in Detroit. On the other side of things, I don't understand why Dave Canales is not a bigger name in this coaching cycle. The offensive coordinator for the Bucs, he completely saved Geno Smith's career with that staff last year in Seattle. He was the quarterback's coach. He's one of the guys Geno gives the most credit to for last season with Shane Waldron. On top of that, he goes to Tampa this year, first-year play caller, has had a lot of success. You look at Mike Evans' season, you know, the way that guys like Kate Otten developed, and look at Baker Mayfield. 
back-to-back reclamations at quarterback. Isn't that what teams are hunting for? It's like, to me, offensive coaching is making life easier for your quarterback. Seems like he's got a pretty good plan for that. He's only 42. I don't know if this matters, but he's a complete dreamboat. Like, I don't understand why. It seems like all the things teams are looking for is what he is. I think he does have one team that interviewed him in this cycle. But I would have thought he would have his name would be everywhere. Ben Johnson light. And it's just not. There is a set of criteria for me that I'm looking at. So if you if you have the young guy, the young quarterback, and you take the rookie quarterback and make him a star, see Bobby Slowick, I get that. That that one plus one equals two to me. If you take an afterthought, if you take a guy on his fourth team in three years or whatever it is for, for Mayfield, or if you take a guy that was left for dead in Geno Smith, and you make them not only serviceable but good, put up really good numbers for a competitive team that's punching above its weight class, I'm going – there's something pretty great going on here. That's why I'm surprised Brian Callahan didn't get more looks. You, you have Jake Browning thrown for 300 yards a week, it seems like. Same with Canales. I don't quite get what I don't get there. Lions have to leave Detroit now. Playing indoors in one of the loudest buildings, legitimately top five loudest building in playoff history the last couple of weeks, has been a great benefit to them. Now they're going cross-country on the road to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game. Uh, let's go back to Saturday, the first of the four games that was played, Texans-Ravens. This just kind of felt like Houston was outclassed, and there's no shame in that. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's rocket ship, rocket stall, you know, uh, to, to stardom uh, in his first year, did a really good job. C.J. Stroud, they have found their franchise quarterback. He had an incredible year, one of the great rookie seasons we've ever seen. But they leveled up against Baltimore, and they just weren't quite ready for it. And the Ravens' defense is amazing. This is the best defense in the league statistically this year. Get a good look at it. This is what a championship defense looks like. This is a defense that looks like it's going to win you a Super Bowl. Uh, This was John, not Jim, the other of the Harbaugh's, after the game, after his Ravens, held Houston to just three points and didn't let him cross midfield in the second half. We talked a little bit about just pass rush lanes. We talked a little bit about what defenses we're going to be in. And offensively, we talked a little bit about completions. A little bit about uh, a profit game, you know. Let's get the thing going, not try to push the ball downfield quite as much. I think that also helped open up the run game a little bit. So Lamar did a great job. A lot of that was his thinking as well. I mean, he was all over uh, what he thought we needed to do uh, in the second half. Collaborative effort for sure. Todd deserves a lot of credit. I thought he called a great game, especially in the second half. And Mike, Mike was, you know, he was on fire. Mike is Mike McDonald, who Washington's interviewing for its head coaching job, the D.C. And Todd is Todd Munkin, who some teams are looking into as their head coach candidate this offseason, the OC for the Ravens. Uh, Lamar ran for 100 yards on 11 attempts with two touchdowns. He also threw two touchdowns, 16 of 22, pretty efficient. But this is the kind of game you draw up for Lamar in Baltimore uh-huh. where you're playing from out in front. You know, Teams are chasing you. You kind of get to dictate terms. I still am curious if they have to score you know, mid-30s in a shootout, not a game where you're just leading the whole way with Kansas City. If you got to throw the football, what's that look like? But they may not have to. As good as this defense is, uh-huh. as great as Lamar's playing and this running game's working, maybe they just get to continue to dictate the terms. Justice Hill, five yards a carry. Edwards slumming it down at four yards a carry, including some power situations. Lamar just over nine yards a carry. And the defense strangles. Let's let's basically let's up a field goal. It's a special teams touchdown that the sort of morale, you know, kind of uh obscures what the first half was really like where Baltimore had a couple missed opportunities, but they were so much better than Houston from start to finish. They are the best team in the NFL, man. I went into the playoffs, or I guess this round, because Baltimore had the bye, 
But I went into their postseason for the Ravens thinking, this defense is good enough to win them a Super Bowl. Even with that thought, I had I did not give them enough credit. That defense is excellent. I would not want to be Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes having to solve that riddle short on weaponry this week. Uh, they are a three-and-a-half-point dog, I think, is where the line opened. Tall order going to Charm City to take on the Birds this weekend. We got one more game to discuss, working our way through the division round. Remember, Jay Gruden's on the show today at 5. We'll also talk to Ted Wynn of The Athletic, who crunches the film for them at 6 o'clock right here on The Fan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this is tony kornheiser show i'm tony we expected someone else so what exactly is the show about hmm i don't know it's a sports show nominally football's over but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck greatest three words in the english language pitchers and catchers we have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jordan loves about He's got a chance here. To match. Realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw. Still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down and the go game's down. over. San Francisco. Takes over. Fox, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson on the call. If Greg Olson loses that A-team gig to Tom Brady, which, assuming Brady is going to be a broadcaster this coming year, he did sign, a, I think it was a $375 million deal. He's going to become the A-teamer with Kevin Burkhart. It'll be a loss for everyone. I just have a really hard time imagining Tom Brady's going to be as good at it right away as, as Greg Olson is. He's great. Uh, and it was another really clean telecast for those two guys who did the Super Bowl last year. 
Uh, that was a terrible decision by Jordan Love. So bad. Full stop. Like, just a really, really bad throw at a time where he's desperately trying to make a play. Next sentence. My goodness, is Jordan Love good. For most of the night, he was very, very good again. Against a superior team, even though it didn't look like it, the Packers pushed the Niners around at times. I mean, they really held their own. They were the better team for much of the game. You're on the road. You are playing in a driving rain. You are in your infancy as a quarterback, as a starter, and you're one this year and in the playoffs. He did so many good things all year. He's going to get a massive extension, I bet, this offseason. I don't think they're going to wait. Why wait? you got to just pay him now because if you wait another year, he's only going to make more money. So I would just get an extension done with him. The Packers have done it again. They went from Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love. Yeah, it's blood boiling, but I think it's happened. Um, one of those games where if you look at the numbers, you're going to go, what are you guys talking about? 21 out of 34 for a buck 94? Uh, why are you guys doing spin kicks? You had to be there. You had to see it. If you watched it, you're going, oh, my God, they found another one. And this, by the way, if you're San Francisco, you're doing that, whew, Looney Tune style move. You you got away with a shaky game from old Brock Purdy. You got away with one, and you still found a way to win this thing. You were the better team, but it won by a lot. It is funny to me how people see whatever they want to see. We're all guilty of it. I'm sure you and I are too. But like, I saw one of the takeaways a lot of the people had after that game was like, a tough night to to be someone who doesn't think Brock Purdy's good. I'm sorry. Did we watch the same game? The the point being that. They went on the 70-yard drive at the end, and McCaffrey had a six-yard run for a touchdown, so they they did a game-winning drive. Purdy was somewhere between terrible and slightly below average for most of the night, I would say. Shaky. It was ugly for him for a lot of the game. I mean, it was he was the only guy. My favorite passing stat is CPOE, so it's completion percentage over expected. It's like what you're supposed to do versus what you did kind of with the throws you were given as an assignment. By far the worst grade of all the quarterbacks, including Stroud, who had a tough game like this round. I think he was like minus 5% from expected. He just missed too many throws. It doesn't mean he stinks. It just means he didn't play very well. But McCaffrey was awesome when they needed him to be. How good is he, by the way? Terrific. So versatile. He can do everything. 98 uh, yards, two touchdowns, 17 attempts, average six a carry. Ripped off that 39-yard score, kind of cutting back a couple times against the grain. Just beautiful vision. Kittle was huge for them, 4 for 81 in the touchdown. Here's the big deal for San Francisco. Debo Samuel was in street clothes for the most of the last two and a half quarters of this game. If they don't have him against Detroit, I think they'll beat the Lions. But Debo Samuel is a huge deal. The way they use Massive, him, yep. the Swiss Army knife ability he brings, they are 20-3 and three going into this game. Now 21-3 and three when Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey start. And against the spread, they're like, 17 and 7 in those games or something. Like they blow teams out. When one of those guys is hurt, it's different because you can just defend and play them in a different way. So I worry a little bit if Debo can't go. He's 50-50 to start the week. Four teams left. All four have really good tight ends that they use a lot. Baltimore didn't really have to use Mark Andrews. Hopefully he's coming back for them this week. But Isaiah Likely is pretty darn effective in his role, too. Just something to think about, right? When we're talking about dynamic offenses. George Kittle, four for 81, uh, including a long of 32. San Francisco. I gotta keep saying this. Defensively, I was I was surprised, frankly. They weren't able to affect Jordan Love more. I was surprised they got run on the way that they did. They got pushed around a little bit up front. But that wet those wet conditions, everybody's seen that video now of Purdy dropping back, holding the football, 
putting it to his left hand, drying off his right hand on his pant yeah. leg, or trying to anyway, and then throwing kind of a wobbly duck. Is he a small hand guy? I don't know. I would imagine. I don't know this. I didn't look it up, but he's not a big dude at all. I would imagine he is a below-average hand guy, which they say outdoors in rain can have a and a negative effect. But we did see him struggling to grip the football from time to time. A couple huge moments, though, for him, especially on that, again, that game-winning drive, that throw to Chris Conley for 17 yards down the right sideline was a dime. Really, really important throws here and there. Yeah, but his, his last drive, he dialed it in and was really good. Put the big boy pants on. But even still, again, a lot of it is just sort of schemed up quick looks, whether it's a screen or something else like a quick hitch uh, moving down the field. But San Francisco survived. All right, let's localize the convo. So those are some of our thoughts on the divisional round of the playoffs. There is bountiful commanders news on their head coaching search, including an interview with Eric Bieniemy that we didn't know took place, but did. What do we think about that? We'll get into all of it next on Grant and Danny right here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.